Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Ryan Newman? Who's the yeah, third brother? He's back. Yeah, you know. Stepbrother, wow. right? Just new addition to the family. Yeah, for new listeners, uh, we have a third brother, Ryan Newman, and welcoming him back this week. So why don't you go first, Ryan? What's your, your first week nine takeaway? I mean, you can give uh, week seven, week eight yeah, takeaways as well if yeah. you want. Hey, Nebraska's won three in a row. Apparently, I need to stay off the Yeah, podcast, that's right? a good that's point, true. Ryan. You need to get out of here. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's a weird coincidence. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, uh, I'll go Georgia Tech, North Carolina, my first kind of from this week Oof. here. It's got to be rushed for a UNC fan right now, man. They they were sitting at 6-0 and a few weeks back, and now they've lost back-to-back games to Virginia and Georgia Tech, games they were clearly huge favorites in. Gene, Gene Chizik's defense, the defensive coordinator there, oh, he, it's, they completely collapsed the last two weeks, giving up 73 points to not the greatest teams. Um, you know, But, man, just, just with a halfway decent defense, they're undefeated and have a decent chance to run the table because they avoid Florida State um, this year, and you know they just don't have the toughest look of schedule, and they got a great offense. So it's just rough, man. Like, God, they had a chance. They were 6-0. I remember talking about yeah. it. It's like – they could be nine and zero heading into the Duke game, and now Duke's struggling. It's like everything was just set up perfectly. Yeah, my takeaway a couple of weeks ago was like, "Hey, North Carolina, they've got a clear path to like eleven and one, maybe twelve and zero." And yeah, two weeks later, it's dead. If you're yeah, like, if you're a Tar Heel fan, you've got to be just so disappointed. Like you're, you've got this golden opportunity with Drake May, and yeah. you can't even field like a halfway decent defense. That's just got to be so frustrating. I wouldn't ACC's know anything about that. Yeah, under one this heck? year. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I'll trend or that, that it, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. I'll transition over to the, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party formerly known as, I guess, Georgia, Florida. And, you know, breaking news, Georgia is obviously still really good, uh, even without Brock Bowers, because we didn't know how they'd respond without hit, without their leader on offense, but no issues this weekend. Um, cause you know, the, the Bulldogs, we all know on a couple occasions this year, you know, you kind of question them, and then a week later, they get to kind of a tougher opponent, and they just lay the hammer down. So they they just want to remind you, like, hey, we're still the big boys on the block. Um, and, you know, their defense put the offense in good position a couple times, thanks to either forcing a turnover or fourth down stops. Um, the Bulldogs, they capitalized. Florida, they couldn't stop them. I mean, Georgia had almost 500 yards of offense, which is really impressive, especially without Brock Bowers. And I think bottom line, though, this really ended up kind of being a reality check for the Gators again. They're, they're still they're still a bit away from obviously competing with a, a team like Georgia, but even some of the other epilo- upper echelon teams there. Yeah, Tough schedule remaining for them. Definitely. Um, all right. My uh, first takeaway is uh, Washington has looked kind of oh. shaky the last couple weeks so they've they've now actually been outgained and lost the turnover battle in three straight great three straight games it's crazy but they've won all three so that's yeah. that's what matters this time it was a four touchdown favorite at stanford they ended up winning 42 to 33 but they almost lost stanford had yeah. the ball stanford was down two around three minutes left they had a fourth and two and they ran a great trick play had a awesome. wide open receiver and he just dropped it. I mean, he just kind of started trying to run with it before before he caught it, and uh, and that was that was the game right there. If he would have caught it, they're kind of approaching midfield. All they need is a field goal. Yeah, would have would have been crazy. Yeah, but um, but anyway, Washington wins. Um, 
But I don't think really anybody in a re, if they were to rematch Oregon, yeah. say next week, no one's picking Washington in that game. No yeah. way. No way. Yep. All right. Well, moving on to another Pac-12 game, uh, or, um, Oregon State and Arizona. Huge win for Arizona. Gets them to 5-3 and three on the season. They had a, like a long five-minute kind of drive there in the end of the fourth quarter that ended it with a touchdown that kind of put them up 10 to ice the game. Oregon State got another touchdown after, but didn't really matter. Uh, it, 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 Arizona's apparently they found the QB of their future. Uh, Noah Fafita, man, the, the, he's from mm. my neck of the woods in California here. Uh, up up in LA he's a freshman just playing great the last few weeks man he's been awesome filling in for Jaden Delora um so Arizona's schedule though man that was their fourth game in a row playing a top 20 team it'll be five in a row after this coming week they play UCLA um and then a couple weeks later they go or they play U, uh, Utah so I mean it could be like six out of seven so I mean Jet Fish has just done an unbelievable job yeah. getting Arizona to be like good I mean Relevant. they were so yeah. so bad um, it's just been a steady climb for him and impressive, man. In a, in a really hard conference this year, they're, you know, I mean, it, it, maybe putting up seven, possibly eight wins. And, and this close to winning at USC, this close right. to beating UW yep. at home. Yep. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely encouraging in Tucson. Uh, Louisville and Duke this weekend, total domination by mm-hmm. Louisville, especially their defense. I didn't, this is kind of crazy. It was their first first time they've ever shut out a ranked opponent um uh but that that's kind of my main takeaway that you know we've touched on it before with with louisville but it needs to be stated that louisville is good and it's not just jeff brahm's offense like in fact it seems like more often than not their their defense showing up um it's the difference for them they held riley leonard to 9 of 23 passing forced a turnover had four sacks duke only had 202 yards they didn't get past the Louisville 43 yard line until the last drive of the game. So Louisville, it was just on one side of the field the whole time. Jahar Jordan, uh, the running back was a force on the ground too. Like now, I mean, I guess the ACC is always unpredictable, but they seem to be the team that's on the collision course with Florida state for the, the ACC title game. Yep. All right. One of the games of the weekend was uh, Oklahoma, Kansas. And mm. takeaway there is that Lance Leipold is, just still in the midst of one of the greatest coaching jobs in recent college football history. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So Kansas beat OU 38, 33 without Jalen Daniels. Again, of course, who's been, you know, pretty much always out ugly game, lots of turnovers, bad weather, lightning delay, but Kansas gets it done. It's their first win over OU since 1997. And the offensive coordinator, we've talked about him here before, Andy Kotelnicki, doesn't get enough credit either. Um, he's starting to, but I thought last year he should have won the Broyles Award. This year, I was just looking at it. I would He should be in at least the top three um, as of right now with what he's done, especially with a backup, Jason Bean, who was kind of shaky this game, but yeah. did enough to, to get the win. Um, as for OU, they now likely need to win out in order to make the playoffs so the oh, yeah. margin for error is uh for for both them and texas both with a loss is slim yep yep um all right uh oregon and utah uh, another game that was uh just dominant oregon uh just kicked utah's butt 35 to 6 utah's offense certainly has its issues this year um, unless they play USC. Sorry, Mike. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's back to just dig. <laughs> uh, 
you know, I know Washington, like Michael mentioned earlier, I know Washington beat Oregon, but man, the Ducks are the best team in the Pac-12 at this point. Um, they're they're looking like the clear front runners. Um, yeah, the Ducks, man, they're they're playing well on both sides of the ball. Offense looks great. Uh, Bo Nix has just been as steady as usual the last couple of years now, and I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing what Washington can do at USC. I mean, they've had a couple of shaky games in a row. They finally slip up against USC. Who knows? But um, if they if UW does pull it out though, and they just find a way to keep winning, it's they're looking like almost a lock now for the Pac-12 title game. All right. I, uh, I'm i going to go a little off the radar here. I'm going to give some love to someone we haven't really talked about. And that's SMU. They are, mm, they're yeah. rolling right now. Um, two weeks stone. ago, yeah, two weeks ago, they annihilated Temple 55 nothing. Not, you know, Temple's no good, but still 55 nothing on the road. Then this past weekend, 69 to 10 against Tulsa. Um, there, Ryan, you mentioned Preston Stone, like who you know, obviously that's a great name for a quarterback in Texas, but he's been great the last few weeks. Uh, Rhett Lashley has them peaking right now, kind of midway through his second season. And, and I, when you look at the, the group of five, everyone's kind of talking about Tulane and Air Force as those top teams, but don't count out SMU. Like they have a decent chance. Um, you know, it could be Tulane and SMU in the conference title which could be, you know, to go to the New Year's Six. Yeah, they're playing great. Um, all right, my final takeaway is uh, is just calling somebody out. Ryan Newman. No, not Ryan Newman. Well, Tom well, Allen. Tom oh. Allen is oh. a wuss. A wuss. So Indiana was a 31-point underdog at Penn State, and they're, they're down three, five minutes left. Drew Aller throws a pick in his own territory at his own 21-yard line. So... <laughs> There you are. This is your chance to go try and win the game if you're Indiana. You don't want to just play for overtime, right? Like you're going to be a big underdog in overtime. So it's any chance you can take to take the lead, you got to go for it. Well, instead, Tom Allen, like I said, at the 21-yard line, run, run, and, you know, both fail. And so he has a third and eight, runs it right up the middle. And, it's, of course, you know, gets basically nothing. Like that was – so he just played for the field goal. He just yeah, played – to tie the game with four minutes left or whatever. And when you're that bad, you have nothing to lose. Like, so what if you throw a pick or like, just go for it, man, just do yeah. it. Yeah. You, you were, this is, you have a chance to win the game here to potentially go win the game. And I mean, the third and eight running the ball is just unbelievable. Like it's unbelievable. Anyway, they did make the field goal, but then, you know, Penn yeah. state scores a touchdown a few plays later, big, a big pass finally threw it deep. And, uh, yeah, but regardless of what happened after that, it was just such a, just a soft, yeah, terrible decision. And his seat was already hot, even though they outperformed in that game. He gave away any goodwill by, by, by that, those three calls right there. So, yep. come on, come on, man. Grow up here, bro. Well said, Ryan. Well Thank said. You. <laughs> Welcome back, uh, Ryan. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, all right, let's get to the CFP rankings. Those came out Tuesday night. And we actually we had a, a question from one of our patrons, ETH. He said, do you agree with the top 10 CFP rankings? What would your orders be based solely off your opinions alone? What do you think, Trey? Well, I mean, so do we want to talk globally about the CFP or get into specifics or do whatever just, you want, Trey? Whatever right. you want. <laughs> I'm going to go global. My big picture is I, I hate this week every year just because everyone just overreacts. And it's like, because 
the the rankings themselves weren't aren't that much different than the polls that are produced every single week and all of a sudden it's like this week it's just this huge uproar and every year it ends up panning itself out a month later but anyways uh that's my little soapbox but i think two of the 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 things that people talk about because i personally didn't have a problem with the rankings and how they ranked them um i think two of the things that people talk about are you know which eight no team would be left on the outside looking in or you know fifth place in this week and then what they did with texas and oklahoma like we you we, you touched on it michael washington's been shaky like i don't really have a problem with them being there they can still pretty much control their destiny so i'm i'm not like worried about them but and i don't have a huge gripe with texas being ranked over oklahoma because i think the committee just really weighed that the longhorns have arguably the best win in the country winning at alabama and oklahoma's been shaky the last couple of weeks so i don't have a problem with that yeah i i I thought the the rankings were fine. It just all comes down to what's your philosophy in ranking. So to answer, I guess, Eth's question a little bit, my rankings would be basically identical to strength of record. Like if you just look at that metric, that's that's basically what, what mine would be. So it would be quite a bit different, you know, at least at this point than the, the committees because <laughs> by the end of the season, it's pretty much strength of record, you know, somewhat closely mirrors what the committee does. But it seems like this early in the rankings they're they're not just looking at the quote-unquote resume they're doing more of like okay how good do we think this team is or how good how well have they they played so for example like georgia and michigan they're just strictly on paper resumes of in terms of strength record not good because they haven't played they've got very soft schedules but they've dominated those teams and and looked like the best team so that's why they get a bump up from the committee so i i don't have much of a problem with it even if that's not how i would would rank it yeah no i'm i would change a little bit i mean but i'll be a little i'll give like my top five just because those are the sure the five undefeated so i would actually put michigan number one i don't know i know they've played nobody but i think they look the most dominant not ridiculous yeah, I just just seeing them him play it's like they're just they're kicking ass. Uh Georgia 2, back-to-back national champs, they're dominant, looking still good. I'd put Florida State at 3. Um they had a really good win versus LSU and been dominant lately. They've been playing really really well. I put Ohio State 4. You could put them a little higher, you know. I'm, I think with the resume that's that's a tough one to have them, but it's just Yeah, I know. Depends it's, on your philosophy. You're looking exactly. more at how yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. I just see some flaws that could cost them, but you know, it's they're still in the playoff, and they could easily be. You, I, they, you know, I have no problem with them being one. It's just how I personally would rank it. Is yeah, what you got? I would have had them. That. I would have had them one. It's fair. And then, of course, UW fifth. But okay, yeah, I would have well, actually had Penn State higher. I, I would have them ahead of Ole Miss and OU. I like Penn State a little more than the committee did. It is kind of fascinating, though. Like in regards to. Him, him asking us for like our, our order. I think if you said to 10 people or more, I think everyone's top five would be a slightly different. I think e- even if you just gave them the same five and O teams, just those, it would be like ju- all jumbled up. It's just that I don't think there's a right or wrong answer at this point. No. Yeah. So I, can I, Trey had a, like a 10 second soapbox. Can I do like a much longer soapbox here? All right. No, no. It's it's not a good idea. Go ahead and fast forward if you if you uh, don't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. But so I think just talking generally about generally about the playoff rankings, this is one of the most unlistenable times for like college football podcasts because I just every podcast 
poops on the committee and which there's plenty of things that the committee does that I disagree with, but the people calling out the committee also say really frustrating things that I vehemently disagree with and, and say things that make me think, man, I think you would do a worse job than the committee does. Like, so there, there's a whole lot of like, and, and it, in spurts, these sort of things are okay, but there's a whole lot of, oh, their best win is this. They've beat this many bowl teams. They're, you know, worst losses, X versus this team's worst losses. Y, how are they ahead of them? Where it's just a very back of the napkin, unscientific way of looking at it. And, you know, actually doing the rankings, you need to look at every game, not just, just pull out little tidbits here and there. So I think starting with something like, strength of resume is is one of the only ways to kind of like accurately digest you know 25 plus resumes well, the OU a lot of texas very close dilemma explains that for you right it's like I, uh, somebody would make the argument how can texas be ahead of OU? but it's like well it, look it's at not the just one resume. game it's not just yeah, one game yeah. man like <laughs> so yeah that that um like you know and, what's, you know what's crazy yeah, go ahead. Well, i was just gonna say if this was the end of the year if this was the final one, mm. do you think they would have? I think they would have put Oregon ahead of Washington. Like if this was the final, the final one, it would be. I'd be mm, so fascinated man. to hear that in the room. With yeah, because like they had a close a, loss at UW. Yeah, you missed know, a field like, goal. At, like I, I get the you, they beat them. I'm not discounting yeah, that, yeah. but we've seen yeah. what's happened since. But whatever. That's no one knows. But the this answer is to that. This is where it comes into like. Like, how do you possibly when, for instance, when you're comparing like an eight and O team against a seven and one and the seven and one team has played a tougher schedule, yeah. how do you decide which is better? Like, is it harder yeah. to go seven and one against that schedule or eight and O? I can't just eyeball that and decide it unless it's like a wildly tougher schedule for the seven. It's just, yeah. how do you do that? You can't, which is why, again, I think like a metric like strength of record, which answers that question is such a great way to, to go. And to the committee's credit, by the end of the season, that's it kind of mirrors the the rankings. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, a lot of this is gonna shake up this this upcoming weekend too. So it'll be fun. Fun to follow, of course. All right. Week ten. Let's get into it. Uh we'll start out with big game. Kansas State at Texas. Longhorns are favored by four. I am taking Kansas State here. Um, since their loss at Oklahoma State a month ago, they've really just turned on the Jets. Um, and as it turns out, that loss to Oklahoma State isn't looking as bad as uh, as you might have thought originally. No, um, they've outscored TCU and Houston eighty-two to three the last two weeks. Um, obviously, I guess the challenge will be this week. They're going up against much tougher defense than they've faced recently. But uh, you know, the Longhorns are going to make Will Howard try and you know beat them more with his arm, take away the K State running game. Um, as much as possible. But the the real reason I'm taking Kansas State is I think their defense is going to hold up well against the Longhorn offense. Malik Murphy, he showed flashes and promise, no doubt, but he also looked shaky at times against BYU. Now he's going up against a much better defense. That's why I'm going with the Wildcats. Yeah, K-State has been looking good, man. Uh, the last month, uh, pretty much Will Howard hasn't thrown a pick, which is obviously a huge thing for him. He was just- Throwing a few too many earlier in the year. Um, been playing really efficient. So I'm with you. I'm, t- I'm taking the Wildcats. I do have a couple of concerns in the game, though. They're one and two on the road this year, K-State is. Um, so they haven't been playing all that well away from Manhattan. 
Um, and they've lost six in a row to Texas. That's a, which is a little surprise. They have? Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yep. I would not have guessed I know, that. right? Yeah. They've, the, the vast majority of them have been very close. They just, they've lost them. So, huh. um, you know, Texas does have some injury concerns, of course. Um, but yeah, I just, K-State's playing their best ball of the year right now and kind of got more faith in them at this point. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm going with K-State after that kind of questionable start with, you know, Will Howard, maybe not fully healthy things things weren't looking great but uh yeah just murdering teams now and yeah like you said will howard looking great and 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 healthy and avery johnson nice change of pace weapon there well it'll be interesting to see how much we see him in this game and just malik murphy being a question mark so we're all taking the points yep all right moving on texas a&m at ole miss and the rebels are favored three and i'm going to take the home rebels and i'm actually going to make them my lock of the week when i watch a&m it just looks to me like scoring comes so difficult to them sometimes um they have to just grind out a score um it's not that that offense isn't as you know open and fluid as and as i thought it might look this year uh, now they're on the road against a team that can obviously score in bunches i just don't think they can maybe keep up with with jackson dart and lane kiffin um Ole Miss has been better though. The, the past four games since Quinshawn Judkins has looked more like his 2022 self. Um, he's been just a force lately. And the other thing is that I just think Ole Miss is, is balanced in this matchup. They sport a very capable defense that could slow down the Aggies' weapons. Yep. All right. Go Ole Miss. Um, all right. Um, next game, we got Notre Dame, their uh, field goal favorite at Clemson. Clemson's four and four guys, and they're two and four in ACC play. Like two and crazy. four in the crazy, maybe the probably the worst Power Five conference. I mean, uh, ACC is just—I mean, sorry, but that, that offense is just so bad for them. Um, it's just unbelievable with this, the amount of talent that they have. You would think they'd be at least somewhat competent. Um, the only Power Five team they've scored thirty against this year was Syracuse, who's obviously looking really horrible now. They're on a downward spiral, um, yeah. so it's just not good. Um, I, I just, Notre Dame to me is just clearly the superior team. I'm, I'm not sure why it to me, I mean, you know, point spreads are what they are for a reason, but it's like, man, Notre Dame's just better, dude. Like I, I can't, I can't not go with the Irish in this game. I know Hartman threw a couple picks last week in their dominant win, but as long as Hartman just doesn't turn the ball over, I feel pretty good about this one. So, you know, Notre Dame, good defense, solid offense. They just, I think they're a better team. I'll make, uh, them my lock. Michael knew that was coming. I was ready for it. I was like, this this has to be a lock. (laughs) If you feel better about a game than that, man. Um, All right. Next game, Missouri at Georgia. Georgia's favored 15 and a half. I like Missouri here. They've they've got a really good resume so far. They're coming off of a bye, which I like. I think Eli Drinkwitz will, uh, you know, pull out all the stops to to try and stay in this game. Almost pulled off the win last year. I know that was in Columbia. Um, but I think the offense has, has taken a, a step forward this year. Brady Cook playing great. Um, of course, you know, Luther Burden is, is, a, is a freak. So I think they have a better chance of moving the ball uh, than Florida did this past week. You know, they don't have to really keep it that close. So I'll, I'll take 15 and a half. Sure. I like it. All right. Penn State favored eight and a half at Maryland. Like, what the heck's going on with Maryland? Yeah, three losses in a row, including back to back to Illinois and Northwestern. 
Like they seem to have a knack for for starting the year well and then just kind of fading in the second half. Like like September Maryland would probably be heavily favored over October November Maryland. It's just mm-hmm. wild. Um, but when I look at the Nittany Lions, they're not exactly giving off great vibes. We Michael, you touched on them scratching and clawing just to beat the Hoosiers. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe I'll just kind of chalk it up to a hangover after the Ohio State loss. Um, I don't really like giving over a touchdown on the road with what we've seen out of the Nittany Lion offense, but I'm going to do it here. And I just think because the reason is because they're the Maryland tail, tailspin. Talia has been sacked a ton the last three games compared to none early on, really. And I think the Nittany Lion defense could get to him and put Drew Aller in better positions. All right, moving on. We got Oklahoma, their favorite six at Oklahoma State. Yeah, and Oklahoma State looked dead in the water. We've mentioned it before, like four weeks ago. I was the writing season. them off. Oh, Got yeah. I was writing by South Alabama, right? Yeah. Lost at home by Just like dominated over three touchdowns, I think, to South Alabama. The they lost at Iowa State when hey, by the way, we haven't brought up Iowa State enough this year, yeah. but they're sitting, sitting there up job. at the top Crazy. of the Big Twelve standings as well. So they're they're surprised. But um but yeah, now Oklahoma State, yeah, I thought Mike Gundy was was headed towards Gary Patterson territory, but they've now won four straight. Ollie <laughs> Gordon, the running back, is just yeah. He's been awesome. unbelievable. The last three weeks, he's averaging 286 all-purpose yards per game. <laughs> and if they win this, they've got three very winnable games to to end the season. So they would kind of be in the driver's seat to to get one of those slots in the in the Big Twelve title, which is crazy to amazing. think. That yeah. would be Gundy's very crazy. Just great man, he's just just gets it, it done. Makes- I, I had a pen uh, to his obituary. Like, yeah, it was I crazy. Was, I, I was out. I was out. I, him I, we, sure. I always say every year, like, you can't underestimate him. But I was this year. But whatever. Good for him. Um, I, oh, uh, wait. Well, so wait, 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 wait. I got to make my pick. Well, come yeah. on. Come on. I mean, it's probably pretty obvious. I do like Oklahoma State here. <laughs> Atmosphere is going to be absolutely crazy Ooh. for Bedlam. Um, OU's best defensive player, Stutzman, is is questionable going this into this game. Um, I think that could make a, a big difference if he's out or not 100%. They've had two straight underwhelming performances. I'll, I'll have them, you know, prove to me that they can go into a tough environment. Uh, so give me Oklahoma State as my lock. Plus nice. Six. Why'd you have to say yeah. it so fast? Um. Oklahoma State is my he, was, he was building it up and then he yeah. you know i think out. i don't remember why i did that i think i was <laughs> dramatic i was trying to find the button yeah and so i, I realized i'm not saying anything you right lost now your focus and i tried to catch up yes by oh. speaking quickly and and try to save time for, on the podcast and now here i am taking 30 seconds to explain why i did that <laughs> wow wow uh i'm gonna take the points as well pokes at home and you know the other reason for me is alan bowman he was really shaky early but ever since they got in big 12 play he's like really found his footing again um and then you know you mentioned oklahoma state at this this say oklahoma state does manage to you know win the next four or whatever to get to the big 12 title and ollie gordon is playing not quite this level but still like he's going to be in the heisman contention contention with this yeah it's too bad he did he wasn't getting the, the you know bulk of the carries early but but yeah. but he would still have a chance yeah if he if he at all comes close to keeping up this yeah. pace but yeah. that's obviously still a long ways away but um but i could see this being maybe more of an old school bedlam game a little bit more fireworks on both sides um and the pokes wouldn't have loved nothing more than sending the sooners off to the sec with 
beaten bragging rights. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but I'm going to go the other way, fellas. Um, it's just one of those moments where, oh, you could just, you know, t- rip out Oklahoma State's heart out again. It's just <laughs> like they've done it too many times over the years. Like Oklahoma State yeah. feels like they got a chance. Oh, this is it, man. And then Oklahoma's like, nah. We're still the Sooners, man. You're still the Pokes. Uh, I, I, OU, I know they haven't been played great, but they're still good, man. They're a really good team. Dylan Gabriel's playing great. And, you know, I, the question is, can they just slow down Oklahoma State's ground game just a little bit? If they do that, I think they actually will kind of pull away a little bit. But that's a big if for OU at this point. So, I don't know. I just think they're going to get it done, taking the Sooners. Okay. Washington minus three at USC. I, I hope I hope you're going with my Trojans, Trey. Well, so I'm not. I'm taking Washington, but like you know, most some of the predictive metrics out there point to taking USC there. But especially since the Huskies, we've we've talked about it. they've been beatable the last few weeks, not peaking. But I just have a hard time back in the the SC defense that's just seems to be trending the wrong way week by week. Um, so I think we're 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 going to learn in this game if Washington's recent struggles have been more related to kind of playing down to the competition and and off of that that high of beating Oregon, or or they're actually they are trending in the wrong direction. So I'm leaning to them peaking back up, getting up for this one. I think we'll see maybe a, a you know a better performance out of them. Uh, I just I don't I'd be it's going to be a scary proposition for SC's defense going up up against Michael Penix and company. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Trey. Um, just just don't see USC being able to stop them. Uh, it really comes down to that. Uh, Caleb's going to put up points for USC. They'll put up a ton, um, but just a ton, tiny bit less. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be like a 52-49 or 52-48, whatever, something in that kind of mold. But I think you double pull out, pull it out. Just They, they won't be stopped. I'm sorry, Michael. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, I mean – Sort of. I've I've been anti USC the last few weeks in, in my picks. The last two weeks, you know, picking Utah to beat them outright. Last week, I my upset special was Cal to beat yeah. USC outright. Thought I had that one. Glad glad it didn't work out, but uh, was very close. And um, but this week, I don't feel that way. Like I don't feel like we. I, you gotta take Washington. I just feel like I don't know. I don't yeah. have really much of an opinion here. This is roughly where i thought the line was going to come I, I predicted before i looked at it i was like washington minus four and a half so i guess i was you know at minus three i guess i slightly prefer taking taking the huskies um so i will do that and just one reason i feel somewhat you know more comfortable taking the huskies is a usc a, a washington boat race in this game feels way more likely than usc boat racing yeah. washington right like i inordinately i know washington's favorite so it's kind of obvious but it's it's relatively small favorite but it just feels way more likely that that yeah i get where you're coming from yeah all right moving on game of the week arguably lsu at alabama the tide favored three yeah um kind of feel like most people maybe forgot about lsu after their second loss of the season when Ole miss beat them um but i mean now they're sitting at six and two and four and one still in, in SEC play. So it's kind of like last year for them. Uh, everything is still on the table. Everything's still in play. Even the playoff, they, they got a shot. Yeah. Um, so it's just a huge game for them because if, if they win, I mean, they'd be favorites to win the West at that point. Um, and their last two conference games after this um, are both at home against Florida, who's, 
you know, not the greatest. And then A&M. So it would be looking pretty good for them to get to seven and one and winning, winning that division. So um, huge game here. Um, although Bama has been, man, they've been chugging along too after their, their one loss to Texas and Jay, um, they've been kind of like figuring out their, their offense a little bit, feeling out who they are after kind of their slow start. But um, they also have a soft schedule to finish after this. They got Kentucky and Auburn. So it's, it's this, this game is really just kind of, might decide who wins the West. I'm going to take the LSU underdog here. Um, I, I'm just I I have to go with the better quarterback. I know Milrow has been playing better, but Jaden Daniels is just a stud. He's been playing so well. 25 touchdowns and just three picks on the year. His yards per attempt is just off the charts. It's 11 and a half this year. I mean, it is that's crazy. What? Yeah, it's 11 and a half. I haven't looked at that in a while. I did not mm-hmm. know that. Wow. Isn't that nuts? That's crazy. I actually oh, don't even really. believe you. I don't even believe you. Well, thanks. No, so. I mean, like, I, I, you probably, I haven't looked at it, so <laughs> it must be right. But you don't but like, believe me, so. Well, I guess I'll look at it then. I'll, the last I'll, few I'll, weeks, I'll, that LSU offense has been. Incredible. No, I know so they're the best. Yeah. They might be the best offense in college football. So yeah, it's yeah. crazy how far they've come in a short amount of time. Look it up, Mike. I'm looking it up. It's just to see. <laughs> I'm looking at it. 8.6. No, I'm kidding. Yep, well, it's, it's right. It's accurate. It's hack. <laughs> Ryan knows how to read. Confirm. <laughs> Didn't just make it up. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was one of those things where, like, yeah, I know you know what you're doing, but I'm like, I just got to look at it myself. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I made a mistake. Too good to be true. Huh? All right. Maybe you're thinking it was yards per completion or something. I was thinking you were doing the the adjusted yards per attempt oh. that they have on like college football reference. They'll have it right next to it. And his is not very different, isn't it? His is 13.2. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously in the thick of the, the Heisman discussion. And this win here would Probably bolster that. Yeah. Um, I, I prefer bolster. So, uh, <laughs> this game is really tough to pick though. Uh, sure. Like you said, Milrow has been playing better. But I still don't love the firepower of the Alabama offense. But then they're playing LSU. LSU's defense, we've all, you know, this whole episode, we've been crapping on USC's defense. But LSU's has been even worse. And so I don't see them getting that many stops. Um, So ultimately, I don't know. I just have no idea who to pick in this game. I figure I might as well take three points with LSU, cheer for a close game, and I won't have any money on it. That's for sure. Yeah, I uh, this line has trended towards LSU since since the open. I'm gonna kind of follow that and take LSU. Uh, I was I've been kind of liking this Alabama team this year because they were doubted, um, but I just LSU. Um, I, uh, here's a fun fact: Jane Daniels. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you guys made all the other points, so Jane Daniels he could join. Eh, it's too hard of a trivia question. <laughs> I was I was gonna say that. So there's two quarterbacks. I'll let you guys guess. I'll give you some hints. Sharp answer here, Trey. Really top notch. I know, I know. This is really poor, but so Nick Saban has lost to the same quarterback in back to back seasons only a couple times. Can you name okay. them? Now, obviously, this is a very difficult question. They. Um, one was in his time when he was at LSU. One was when he was at oh, Michigan boy. State. Oh, um, Jesus. Okay, so Brad, here, uh, Brad Banks. N- oh, no, not okay. That. But <sighs> I, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. Um, 
They were both in the Heisman. They didn't win the Heisman, but they were top five. Um, what else can I give you? Uh, one of them will be in the NFL Hall of Fame. In the he was in the nineties, late nineties, early two thousand. Big Ten, Big Ten, late nineties. Drew Brees. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that was one. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. And then the other one. This one's tough. He played. It was in the SEC, LSU. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, against LSU. Who was who was a good early two thousands SEC? Early two thousands. Not bad. Uh, so Jason Campbell, Jason Campbell beat him twice, oh. but he did it. He did it in uh, three years, not back to back. Okay, it was just uh, before Florida. Just before, maybe yes. Um, okay, um, Jesse Chris Pollock? Leak. No. <laughs> uh, let's he see. played well, for the oh, Bears. Rex Gross. Ah, uh, Gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn. Tough, okay. tough to like get off the cuff, but it was just yeah. Leak was too late. I, I didn't. I didn't think about that one. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So Jay Daniels like is going for that. Nice. We should nice. do trivia questions within our our game breakdowns more often. We like should. That. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's um? How many yards per pass attempt does Jaden Daniels have? <laughs> adjusted or that. unadjusted? Unadjusted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Eleven and a half. What yeah, the heck? Yeah. That's like big, that's more than Baker Mayfield territory, you know? Like I know you. Yeah, that's that's more than you know. Yeah, what like Tua had that one. Joe year. Burrow and yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Here's a trivia question. What was Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow's uh, yards per attempt in twenty uh, nineteen? What was it? That, that makes me okay. Ryan says ten point four. Was you what did you say, Trey? I, I I have an unfair. I mean, I'd just say ten point five just to screw him. But I could well, have gone ten three though. Whoever's, yeah, whoever's yeah. All right, let's see. Let's see. It is ten point eight. Ah, rats. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Yeah, you yeah. gave me the, a good line. Do, right? What? What? It doesn't. Do, okay. Does Jaden Daniels finish above that or no? No. And yeah, it's got to be an under. Nah. I mean, yeah. this game what? alone will probably bring it yeah. down. Yeah. Good. I never know. Who, uh, who, who else are they playing? Who, what's the rest of their schedule again? They, they play, play AM and A&M. Florida, right? Oh, yeah. And, but then I they mean, also play uh, a non Oh, they have an FCS team, right? Might have been Campbell or somebody like that. Somebody oh. low. Yeah. Could play yeah. for a half. And I mean, that's. Oh, wait, do they know. or did they finish that already? I think I've said too confidently no, you know, but I still would pick that he won't do it but uh, i mean if this game if this sure. game he ends up still only at like if he's at like 11 still like yeah game yeah. on okay are we ready for the questionable finish georgia state that's who they play okay all right, all right. Georgia pretty good. Pass attempts there yeah 62 all right i guess we're ready for the questionable finish All right, this one comes from our patron, James. He says, staying topical with Dabo versus radio show callers. <laughs> if granted total anonymity and maybe a drink or two, what would you say to your team's coach during a call-in radio show and over under one and a half minutes on your rant? By the way, I've been trying to dial in the sound of the questionable finish. I feel like something changed when Ryan wasn't here. Now he's back. I'm worried it's... That sounds good. Last week right I told now. you it was too quiet. I know, and I turned it up, but it was where I'd always put it. But was, ever since Ryan left, I like it's it just, now. 
Yeah, things really. I'm gonna turn it down a little bit. I'm gonna. It's better too quiet than too loud. That is true. Well, or do they not want to hear us and they like the music more? Yeah, true. Mm, fair enough. People do miss the old intro. That's for sure. I miss the old intro too. But yeah, bring it back, Mike. Yeah, it's just you know. <laughs> we could like no. Oh. <laughs> well, we're not going to change. We're not going to record a different one every time. It was just you know. It got too much, you know, yes. especially, yeah, anyway. Um, I would keep it real short uh, with, with Matt Rule, man. I'd just be like, Rule, man, fire Marcus Satterfield. I, yeah, I do. do. <laughs> just get rid yeah. of him. Cut your losses. Tony White's great. You hope pay him as much money as he wants to stay. But Marcus Satterfield's got to go. I know there's been injuries galore, and the entire depth charge changed since the matter. first game. But the first game was brutally ugly. It's a horrible. He was a horrible hire. You, you went one for two. Take it. Now find somebody better. Yeah, I knew you would say that, Ryan. So I'm. I would go under as well. I, the, I, the the question I would ask him is like, I always want, like with these guys. Like, do you enjoy watching this offense? Like, I know there's all these injuries, but do you? Are you not disgusted watching this? Yeah. Um, you know, and are, like, or you know, if, if brutally honest, like, are you worried about being loyal to him? And potentially being a downfall, but yeah, yeah. they don't—they don't think like that. Yeah. Um, by the way, the Dabo. Did you guys listen to Dabo's response to that caller? I didn't listen cover to cover, but I uh, there was different excerpts I listened to. Mm-hmm. The caller wasn't. I mean, he was. He he, he was, was picking a fight. Yeah, he was at time. He had some fair criticism, but a lot of I thought unfair things yeah. that he said. But you know. You're Dabo Sweeney. Like exactly. You're, you're making $11 million to, to deal with stuff like this. So it's, it's I, I Dabo's first like 30 seconds of his answer. And I'm not a Dabo fan, but I actually thought, okay, like, you know, you're defending yourself a little bit, but, and so I was okay with it. But then he went a little too far, got personal with the guy. And he's <laughs> like, come on, Dabo, man. Just like, he's, he's put his foot in his mouth a lot this year. Yeah, and just, just admit like he's, you know, the, the whole transfer portal thing. Like that's the big thing, right? Like that's everyone's problem with him. Go into the yep. portal and get some guys this offseason, and and people will will shut up probably. Anyway, uh, USC for USC Lincoln Riley. I would I would go over one and a half minutes. That's for sure. And I would start by like I would just be like, you, I love you. You're doing it. You're doing it. Amazing. <laughs> like I don't know why you get you get so much crap from people. People act like you're like the worst coach out there when you look at your your resume, your record. You've done a great job. Yeah, you haven't won. My playoff Clay game Hale, or a Clay title, has but the same record. He's he's better. Yeah, that's true. But uh, and that year one turnaround last year was amazing. So I'd start out with all the positives, but then I would I would swing to the negative and just ask, what's going on with recruiting? Like when you got hired, I was thinking USC Lincoln Riley, top five high school recruiting classes, like guaranteed. And we're not right now, especially for this next class, we're not close. Like where where's the high school? LA high school recruiting. Why isn't everyone just wanting to come to USC right now? I know the answer is probably NIL and we're not playing the high school NIL game. Why not Lincoln? Yeah. Like why not? It seems like it's either your decision or the administration. What's up? No one's going to get in trouble. You're not going to get in trouble. Oregon's doing it. Everyone's doing it. We're all doing it. Give these, give these kids some money in high school and let's go. Okay. George Costanza. Well, let's roll. Did I sound like George Costanza there? You did to me. The, I don't know if the mannerisms are, <laughs> all right, you know, Seinfeld esque. Well, 
questionable finish. Last question here. Upset special. You got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I'm going bold this week. I'm taking Rutgers as an 18 and a half point underdog at home against Ohio State. Defense has been pretty good this year for them. Yes. And crazy. You know, Kyle McCord has the potential to be shaky. This it just feels like this Ohio State team has that sort of game in them. Like they yeah, they've got the great defense, but the offense, I could see one of those weird games where they're just not clicking and you're going in the fourth quarter and it's a close game. Let's do it. Let's do it, Rutgers. Let's get weird in Piscataway. Mm-hmm. Uh all right. I'm gonna go North Texas getting seven and a half against UTSA. North Texas, the last couple weeks, they had Memphis on the ropes. They lost in the final seconds. The week before, they lost at Tulane just by a touchdown. Chandler Rogers, their quarterback, threw for 411 and five touchdowns last week. Maybe he gets the best of Texas San Antonio. All right. I'm going to take uh, Stanford over Washington State. The Cougs are favored 13 and a half. Uh, Ashton Daniels, QB for Stanford, has been playing really well the last few weeks. Um, Torch Washington. Uh, threw for 367 with no picks, and then he ran for almost 100. Nearly threw for 400 a couple weeks ago against Colorado on a crazy win. So, Wazoo, they've lost four in a row. They're not playing well right now. 11-a-point loss last week to a, not the greatest ASU team. So, Stanford seems to be coming up. Wazoo going down. Take the, the trees. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. Um, we'd really, oh, you know, no, that will not do it. I forgot. We got some five-star reviews to read. So let me pull those up here live. I knew I was forgetting something. We had one from, uh, that was very suspicious. I thought, uh, someone named Blue Jay Cindy, (laughs) which is odd because our mom's name is Cindy. (laughs) Yeah. Big fan of the Blue Jays. Uh, she said, really like this podcast. Brothers are very well informed and quite entertaining. Best college football <laughs> podcast out there. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's I'm blushing. Interesting. Interesting one. But know? that was very funny to have pop up. Thank you. Blue Jay Cindy. Blue Jay Cindy, whoever you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had one from Turn That Dang Jukebox On. Says, long-time listener, love the show. Ryan is the best bro, though. He's always hyping the Razorbacks up. Keep it up, guys. Woo pig. It's hard to hype on the hogs right now, though. (laughs) Wow. He just gave a five-star review. Sorry, man. It's been rough. I I was kind of high on them. I still feel like they could be all right, come up with some good wins down the stretch. It's just been a rough rough year for them, but I like it. I'm 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 not totally out if I'm an Arkansas fan. I don't know why I wouldn't be, but I know a lot of them are jumping ship. Yeah. A little frustrated, but I don't can't write them off yet. Honestly, I'm not writing Pittman off yet. I what's the, yeah. Well, I wonder what the, I mean, I I know a lot of Arkansas fans I've gone over there and, and kind of looked at the comments on, on their blog. And it seems like there's definitely a lot of doubt on Pittman, but I'd like to hear, yeah, I'd like to hear from Turn That Damn Jukebox on what he's thinking. So anyway, uh, thank you for those reviews. And now that'll do it. So we'll talk to you next week.